0: This is the Two-Tone Uncensored Podcast. Hosts Matt McCrone, Brian Moreland, and Glenn Watzenheiser talk everything, Tennessee Titans. This show is made for the fans of Bleed Two-Tone Blue.
1: this is bo scaife you listening to two-tone uncensored tighten up
0: this is two-tone uncensored i am ryan morland one of your hosts with me as always matt white chocolate necrone how you doing matt
2: damn i like that man i'm about to drop
0: some knowledge on these fantasy fools absolutely man excited for this show and also with me, the man who made his entertainment debut on American gladiator Glenn Lotzenheiser.
1: Honestly I'm a little jealous of white chocolate right now. Yeah.
0: Well Absolutely. I'm, I'm always I'm always harder on Matt. Matt got like bleedy ray insults. He got like the what was the Rustin Webster's godson. I embrace it, so man. so I had to give him one like you know, every now and again you gotta throw a fastball over the middle. So this was his fastball over the middle. Let me get a bone. Mm-hmm. All right, you can have a bone, just one. See, What's my American Gladiator name? Oh, it has to be something good, like... Nitro? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that's original. Thanks, Matt.
0: <laughs> Maybe like Blitzkrieg, playoff of the German.
1: There you go. That...
0: We are going to do cover fantasy football tonight. We have a, an all-fantasy show for you, but before we do it, just some real quick stuff. We are old pod being now we switched over from Podcast to Podbean, much better site, uh, much better looking, a lot more extras that are on there, and a lot more extras to come. There's comment sections on each episode where you can throw out some comments, you know, a lot of different stuff. It's at two tone uncensored. com if you want to check it out. Really, really great site, and don't forget the Stitcher app. And the, like Stitcher and Pinecast, we will be off of those on the 12th. So you need to start switching over to everything to Podbean. You can download the Podbean app uh, on any platform. On there, you're going to see... Podbean! On, on, the show, on the page, you're going to be able to see our NFL Pick'em. So if you want to sign up, definitely something you can do. I'm not going to throw out the information. Again, if you want to see it, it's on the Podbean at the website that I just said, Two Tone Uncensored dot Podbean dot com. There's a page and it'll tell you everything you need to know. To sign up, there's also a link that'll take you right to it. So if you want to be on our NFL Pick 'em, check that out. Let's jump right into the mailbag here, guys. First question was sent in by Josh Pryor, who just recently won our scavenger hunt. He says, gone are the days of going running back, back back-to-back in the first two rounds. What do you see the trend for going for the first pick? Do you think it's going to be wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, running back? My opinion, I would probably say, obviously, wide receiver, running
2: back would probably be the best way to go, depending on who's there. It really all depends on where you're picking and how many teams are in the league, Hypothetically, I mean if you're in a 12 team league and you got, you know, anywhere from 1 to 3, you're probably taking a wide receiver. By the time you get back around, you're going to want to take a receiver or a running back and then with that next pick, vice versa. So I mean, you you're, you're going to end up with at least a wide receiver and a running back. But if if you if you're later on and, you know, you're later on 10, 11, something like that, you could easily go Running back first, it all depends really. I mean, is it PPR? Is it not? But if it was me and I'm about mid range, I would definitely go one of each.
1: Definitely not anything involving a quarterback. That was one of the options that was listed on there. There's, there's, you don't draft a quarterback in the first two rounds. I mean, unless you're on like a twenty uh, manager league, there's just there's no reason for a quarterback that high. I don't think that you have to not draft you know two running backs early. It, the the problem with running backs is that so many teams have gone to platooning them instead of having a bell cow running back. But if you're in a spot where the best player available who's going to give you the most points and the most production is running back, you take a running back. I've always been the take the best player available kind of person, but you you know still planning around what the other teams are doing. You don't want to miss the run. If you know everybody else is drafting two wide receivers and you take the two best running backs, you're still going to be able to compete. It's all about value picks and how you plan out your team from there. You can't control what the other people are going to do. So if you insist that you have to have a running back and a wide receiver, you could end up forcing yourself into a bad spot.
0: Yeah, these guys said it right. I mean, there's 100 variables. You know, what everybody else is taking, who you're seeing in the backside of the draft. Who are the guys that you think are going to be there that are sleepers can really dictate what you're going to do. You know, if you have a lot of wide receivers in later rounds that you think are going to put up big numbers and can go for running backs, there's a lot of different variables there. But I really think there's not a lot of running backs, as Glenn said, that are getting that true number one style reps. So I like to go in a perfect situ- situation, a perfect draft. I like to go running back, wide receiver, running back in the first three rounds. Just because you have a way better chance of getting decent wide receivers later. You know, there's a lot more wide receivers than our running backs out there. Glenn nailed it right on the head. Pick the best available player, regardless of position. Whatever you pick, pick the guy that you think could do the most help for your team. And that's what I think that always is the best choice. Next one here, sent in by Robert Foster. Would you put Faith in Mariota to be your first quarterback taken for your team?
2: To be perfectly blunt, if you were to say yes, you would, that means you have him in your top 12, top 14 quarterbacks. And he's not quite there for me. I would definitely take him later on as a flyer, as a backup, for sure. In fact, I've done that in many of the mocks I've done. It's all about value. In any any situation you're in, it's all about the value, where you are, where you're picking, who's on the board and who's not on the board. I would wait on a quarterback and get somebody maybe a little bit more promising than Mariota, but um, I could definitely take a flyer on him late and and possibly see him succeed down the road, but I wouldn't do that as a first plan pretty much that's going to be the answer uh you know
1: mariotas he's gonna be your starting quarterback anything less than a 14 to 16 team league because he's in that 12 to 15 range as a quarterback if you've got a, a 12 team league you could possibly have him if you're the last guy who takes the starting quarterback uh some people just they, they not everybody values quarterbacks the same it depends on you know how deep that league is going to be he's a high upside backup though uh, you could use him as a as your backup for your bye week. If you get one of the lower range quarterbacks and you got a good matchup coming up there, maybe you stick him in. He could surprise you and replace your starter if your quarterback is struggling or gets hurt, and he could do pretty good. He's just how many points he gives you is going to be really dependent on how well the exotic Smash Mouth works, how well the defense works. If you're going in there planning for him to be your starting quarterback, that means you spent a lot of good picks early. Or you're a total fanboy. There's a one in every draft, and you draft him, like, the third round. Like that <laughs> could happen, too.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm going to have to agree with these guys. If you have a deep league, a 16-team league, uh, obviously, I think that, you know, you can make him a starter. In 14, I think you still can. 12 is where I think I'd say, no, don't do it. You know, if you wait, and I really recommend waiting to draft a quarterback, Get a guy like Phillip Rivers, and then you can bring Mariota in uh, as a backup. I just, I think Mariota has the talent. If they just let him run and gun, you know, I think that he could definitely be a guy that puts up top 10 fantasy points. But we're running the exotic smash mouth. We want to run the ball a lot. If we're doing our job right, Mariota's not going to throw the ball that much. So I don't think his stats are really going to be that high because of the system that we're running. Next up here... Brent Beard sends this one in. What is your preliminary fantasy rank for the Tennessee Titans defense? I don't have a good answer
2: for this. I think 15, 16 is probably what I would answer. But, I mean, it could go either way. If the DBs can get it together and gel the way they need to, um, that could make a huge difference, and we could see the top 10. As it sits right now, I'm not too sure about that. And they're probably... It's easy to say that they're probably going to be middle of the road, and I'm just going to stick with that.
1: Any question anybody has about a Titans player or a group in the fantasy draft? Right now, looking from from purely I want to win standpoint, you can't go early on these guys because we don't know what they're going to be yet. You know, if you're in a keeper league, sure, you know, you, you go ahead and grab Mariota. But the defense, their range right now, probably 12 to 15 in this draft. It's gonna all depend on how the offense performs. If the offense does their job, controls the clock, keeps the score down on the other team and just drives down there, grinds down the other team's defense and puts up points, then the our defense could outperform the twelve to fifteen range. If the offense struggles, if that line doesn't actually hold up underneath live pressure, if the wide receivers aren't catching the ball, we this defense could drop back to a fifteen to twenty because the defense is on the field all the time, and they're gassed out. And we saw a lot of that last year. There's too many question marks, I think, for you to be going into this draft targeting, like our special teams, our quarterback, our wide receivers. And running backs might be a little bit different. But the the rest of this team, you're, you're really gambling on that all of this comes together and works this year.
2: When do you draft a defense, Glenn? Usually one of my last two picks. Yeah, that's the way I'm going this year for sure.
1: That's that's been my path to many championships.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I agree with you guys. Uh, you know, if you have a 16 man league or higher, then they they might be worth a consideration. Anything lower than that, and I would not be drafting the Titans. You know, even if you like them, even if you think they're going to do good, they're going to be on the waiver wire. You know, later, if you want to make the choice after, they prove themselves a little bit. Or if you have big enough bench that you want to go ahead and grab a second defense, I think that, you know, they could provide a good option for you. And I agree, but a lot of people like to jump early on defenses. It's just not worth it. You know, I like to wait to grab a defense and then just play matchups the whole year. It always ends up working better in the end than picking one good defense and trying to ride them to success. Last question here, sent in by Sam Hanley. Which Titans wide receiver do you think will have the most fantasy points this season? I'm going to go back to several weeks ago
2: when I said that Rashard Matthews would be a good sleeper in a fantasy situation, and I can see it starting to unfold now. I know Kendall Wright just tweaked his hamstring today, as a matter of fact. Even with that, I mean... Uh, Matthews will not be in the slot, but I do believe that he's building a nice rapport with Mariota. And I think that the numbers that I – I can't even remember what I said. I think six or 700 yards is what I said. And Ryan, I think, said four or five, something like that. I, I think I'm going to be closer on yardage than Ryan was, and I'm hoping I'm right. I want everybody to succeed, but I think Matthews is going to be the one that steps up this season.
1: I'm really tempted to – say that Andre Johnson manages to be our number one guy this year. It's so hard to pick a guy right now. Before Kendall Wright tweaked his hamstring today, I was kind of leaning in that direction. Doyle Green Beckham, he's a guy who's going to be a good red zone target, but that's also what Andre Johnson is going to be for us this year. Rashard Matthews, he's, he's also an easy pick. I, I don't think our leader is going to be a 1,000-yard guy this year. So we're probably talking six to 800 yards, maybe eight touchdowns as our leading receiver. So any of these guys as your main guy, you're you're g- completely guessing at this point. You know, let's go with the the hot guy of the moment. Let's just take let's take Andre Johnson.
0: Yeah, I agree with Glenn. I wouldn't draft in one of these guys early. You know, if you have a a deep league, a three wide receiver league, uh, maybe a three wide receiver and a flex, you could consider one of these. But they're not just they're not going to catch a lot of passes. We want to run the ball. It's hard to say right now who we think's going to be there, but I think I'm going to agree with Glenn. I think I'm going to go Andre Johnson. He's got a lot of skill. The talent's there. He's just, you know, he's really up there in age. I would have said Kendall Wright probably, to be honest, if that injury did not come down today. It would probably have been of my answer. If he bounces back from that uh, pretty quickly, then I think it's probably him. Let's move on here. That's all the questions we have. We are going now into the news with your anchor man, Glenn Lotzenheiser.
1: All right, so the big news this week is the signing of Andre Johnson. He's already started to impress people in camp. He's looked really good contact drills, shaking people out of their shoes already. He's a big target, Hall of Fame level credentials. He's also at the end of his career. Uh, we have several questions to answer regarding his impact on this team this year. So let's start with Does he start, or is he brought in for rotation?
0: I'm going to go ahead, and I think he's going to start. He's already impressing. We know he's a great wide receiver. And when you talk about the big guys that we have, you're looking at DGB and Justin Hunter, and I just don't see one of them overtaking a guy like Andre Johnson.
2: I say that he probably starts. That's wishful thinking. I love the fact that he creates a whole other dynamic of large receiver. We got him and DGB. Both of them on the outsides could be very, very deadly. Starter, like Matt said, it's it's kind of pushing it. We'll,
1: we'll see how that works out for us. I would like to see him and Doyle out there at the same time just creating matchup problems for people. I'm, I'm kind of curious as to whether or not they put DGB as his backup and understudy and to kind of make him just shadow him this year. and He's part of that rotation. So he goes in there. He runs the same plays that Andre runs, and then they go look at the film and say, look, this is how Andre did it, this is what you did, suck less. I'm just, I'm, I'm <laughs> kind of curious if they do that with him. I could see him if he'll just show up and get consistent and start catching the damn ball. The two of those guys as your starter, and then you have Rashard Matthews and Kendall Wright as your slot guys, or whenever you swap out to a four wide, that, that would be just so nasty. There's no reason that offense wouldn't be able to succeed throwing the ball. If it all depends on DGB, can he get consistent? It's his job now to push somebody else down the roster because I think Andre was brought in, not just as a mentor, but to push everybody else down and see who's got the guts to step back up and fight You know, for that other roster spot out there to start. Part of the question with Andre Johnson coming on, does he help or hurt
0: DGB's growth? I think he helps. I think that, you know, you get a guy in here that is similar size, similar style of play, that did it at a really high level in the NFL, is someone that he can learn from. Tennessee really doesn't have anybody like that. Justin Hunter was the, the veteran big guy when he got there. You know, there's no, nobody that he's been able to learn from when he, since he's been in the NFL. And this gives him a chance to learn from a guy that did it at a high level, did what, he, what uh, DGB needs to be able to do. You know, setting behind him for a year is is a good thing for DGB, for Tennessee, you know, for everybody, I think would be a great thing for him to set and learn.
2: It's absolutely a great thing. That's the one thing that made me really happy about the signing. The first thing that I thought of when we signed him, we don't know if we're getting a productive Andre Johnson. I think we have a decent shot at getting a year out of him. I know we signed him for two. But more than anything, the best thing he can be as a mentor to DGB, I think, other than, I don't know, Calvin Johnson, Andre Johnson is the best guy to do that, to fit that role as a mentor for DGB. I don't know how you guys feel, because I know I also read that we gave a minimum offer to Roddy White. He didn't take it, and then we signed Andre Johnson. Would you guys prefer Roddy White on this team or Andre Johnson? I think Roddy's got a little bit more left in the tank.
1: But for the price, you can't possibly beat having Andre Johnson. I'll take that.
0: For me, I think I'd still choose Andre Johnson. I I think he does more for us. It's a better person to learn from for DGB. And Roddy White's had a lot of health issues these last two, three years.
1: Okay, next question we've got here. Is he going to have a better season than he had last year? We, We know that part of it was Andrew Luck getting hurt. Last year, 41 catches, 503 yards. Would have made him a pretty good receiver on this squad. Is he going to be better for us this year than he was last year for the Colts?
0: Oof, that's tough. Uh, I'll probably say close to the same. Maybe, maybe a little better. It's hard to say because I just don't think we're going to pass the ball a whole lot. But if he gets starting, he gets on the field. You know, he's the kind of guy that it creates a matchup nightmare, especially for teams that have smaller corners. So. It's probably right about the same, but, you know, we just throw the ball a lot less than the Colts do.
2: I think yes. I don't know how much more, but I definitely think he has a more productive season than last year. Even though we don't run pass-happy offense, I think he is definitely going to create opportunities to throw the ball. And not only that, man, I I think he, he wants to prove to everybody that he can still play. He's not the Houston Texans Andre Johnson anymore, but I do think that he comes in fresh, and you know he wasn't overused last season. They didn't target him a whole lot. You know When they did, he had a couple breakout games, not many, particularly against the Texans, which if we can get two good games out of him against the Texans, if that's all we get other than him being a great mentor for uh, Green Beckham, I'm good with it, man. But I, I think he slightly outproduces his, his year last year. Yeah, I'm looking
1: for four good games, two against the Colts, two against the Texans. That'll, that'll make it a good signing right then and there. I'll take it. Yeah, my last question then is going to be, who does he push off the roster? We, we've we already done our wide receiver discussions and talked about the depth chart, who we think is going to make it. Obviously, Andre's going to be there. So who does this push off? Because to me, I'm looking more towards the Harry Douglas's, the Justin Hunter's, and then any of the other fringe guys on there. Which guy do you think that this is the death knell for?
0: I'm going to say Harry Douglas. I think it does, the two guys that you mentioned, it really does come down to them, Justin Hunter and Harry Douglas. Justin Hunter has a lot of skills, and he seems like he has a lot of potential. He's just not reaching it yet, but he has age on his side where Harry Douglas does not. And I, I think that that's the main factor between the two of them. But, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see either guy get bumped off the list. But I'm going to say, you know, if it was me, I'd probably cut Harry Douglas.
2: That's probably my answer as well. I know that we'll probably keep six guys. If not that, I mean maybe five, but I could see six. I think this Johnson signing basically put the nail in uh, Trey McBride's coffin, even though he's having a pretty good camp so far the last couple days. But um, Hunter's got a, a way bigger ceiling. We've said this before. Harry Douglas was the mentor in the locker room. Well, guess what? We got a new mentor in the locker room, so I got to go with Harry Douglas.
1: I agree, but I think it'll be like the last cut. They'll, they'll wait to the last minute to cut him because he's fighting hard. They, they've talked about how well he's responded to this signing, and he's out there. He's playing, you know, even better now, which is all just more of a sign of desperation for me. And you know, you got to feel bad for the guy because I'm not sure what team he can go to after this. And, fight for a starting job because we do have a pretty sad wide receiver group before what's Andre came in there and kind of shuffled things around a little bit but going on to the next topic we signed Ronald Patrick on Friday he's a guard center was signed out of college undrafted by the Panthers then they waived him before camp started then it was signed by the Cowboys in July who then cut him at the end of July they re-signed him to their practice squad cut him again in September from there he signed with the Browns in October last year was released in December. He's a long shot to make the squad. Probably just a depth camp body guy. Do you guys have anything at all to add to that?
0: Low center of gravity. I mean, he's 6'1", 3'10". He's got a low center of gravity, but he is just a camp body, and he has you know, just miles ahead of him (laughs) if he wants to make the team. Nothing at all. Moving on. Moving on. All right. So,
1: on Monday, the Titans claimed uh, Tyler Patman off waivers from Miami. He's a 5'10", 188-pound cornerback, so you already know how I feel about him. If you've listened to the show at all, you know where I'm at. He played most of two seasons with the Cowboys, played a month with the Dolphins last year, got cut right at the beginning of camp this year. He's undersized, not untalented. We all agreed earlier that they would be bringing in somebody off the waiver wire in this defensive back group. This appears to be the guy. Well, Arky's all about competition, so everybody has a shot. Do you see him as a guy who can force anybody else off of this roster? And if so, who?
0: No. I think there's going to be guys that definitely get cut, obviously, but I don't think that there's anybody that's going to make the roster that this guy can beat out. He's average, kind of a boomer bust guy, uh, and an ankle biter. He's not a good tackler. that Maybe he's an ankle biter again. <laughs> you also mentioned that he's about like the same size as Brett Kern. So, yeah, not very impressed. Batman, I don't think he makes a team. <laughs> yeah, not much to add to that. I don't know much
2: about him. I watched his one highlight of his career against uh, picking a ball off of Matt Moore. That was something I could have done. He's not pushing anybody off. Hopefully he does. I mean, hell, if he could surprise us all, that'd be great. But I don't I don't see it. This could be the
1: end for your boy, Bleedy Ray.
2: Yeah, he could push Bleedy Ray. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, last question. Amy Adams Strunk came out saying that she's working on plans to refresh and update the uniforms. There have been mixed reactions from the fans, the press, the former players. I've heard people on both complete far ends of the spectrum. I've heard former players saying that they love those red uniforms that they kind of showcase but never actually used. I know I personally felt like vomiting when I saw them. Given how awful the color rush looked last year, what's the one thing you absolutely don't want to see done and what, if anything, would you change with what we are currently running out there?
0: Don't want to see the color rush. Don't want to see those red uniforms right off the bat. You know, those are awful. And I, I kind of would like to see the sword be used a little bit more. It's our secondary logo. And, you know, and they always call it the thumbtack as our primary logo. I'd kind of like to see, like, the sword be used a little bit more. I think it's cool. Maybe not the main logo still, but, you know, used more. Maybe have some alternate uniforms that throw that up there that would be kind of cool, and just throwbacks as much as possible. I love those old throwbacks.
2: I'm pretty much in the same boat what you just said. I'd love the sword. I didn't like the first initial thought of it. I think she's kind of just playing with the the media, talking about we might do a tune-up, we might do an overhaul, who knows, and I'm, I don't like that at all. If we did a tune-up, I mean, you know, if, if we did show off the sword a little bit more, I'd be all about it, that's fine, but... At the end of the day, man, as long as we're two-tone blue, I don't care. I like it. I'm in the
1: same boat. You know, two-tone is kind of necessary for us or else we have to change our name. If we're bleeding red, it doesn't really stand out so much, you know? (laughs) We we could be the Bleedy Rays. We could be the Bleedy Rays, literally. (laughs) If Bleedy Ray ever finds you, Matt, you may be bleeding.
2: That's true. (laughs)
1: <laughs> all you got to do is shake once and go to the other side, and you'll be fine. He won't ever catch back up with you. <laughs> I know. I know. No. Yeah, I'm the same boat. No, no color rush, no bright red uniforms. I don't want them to look like something from the damn Arena League. But there, there's lots of cool uniforms. You know, some, some of the stuff that Nike has done with some of the college uniforms has been pretty nice. I don't want them to start looking like, like like an arena team, like an NFL Europe team or something like that this is the nfl it's not about the damn uniform i'm okay with them freshing it up just don't get crazy with it that's the news
0: all right thanks glenn we're gonna take a quick commercial break when we come back we're gonna jump into this fantasy breakdown head first time to pay the bills some quick ads and we'll get right back to the show Hey, all you Titans fans, if you're looking for a great app that has all the Titans info that you need in one place, check out the Tennessee Titans app. You can find the links to it on our Facebook or Twitter or on the AppCatch Marketplace. This app features links to the latest Titans news, the official Titans shop, the schedule,
2: Ask Jim Wyatt, videos, pictures, and even a link to the best damn Titans show around, Two-Tone Uncensored.
1: Again, you can find the Tennessee Titans app on our Facebook page at Two-Tone Podcast, on Twitter at Two-Tone Uncensor, or on the AppCatch Marketplace.
0: Hey, this is Ryan and Rich from the Free Parking Show. Our show is a sports podcast hosted by four sports journalists and features shows like Beers and Cheers, Par for Discourse, and our NFL preview, the 32-team parking garage.
1: Check us out on Stitcher, Spreaker, and our website, www.freeparking.com.
0: You're listening to Two-Tone Uncensored, brought to you by Pinecast and Stitcher.
1: Hey, this is Kevin Dyson, former Tennessee Titan, and you're listening to Two-Tone Uncensored.
0: We're back with more of the show. We prepared lists here that we're going to go through to give you a little leg up in your fantasy. We know that right now is really the start of fantasy draft season for most leagues. So first thing we're going to start with here is busts. Some guys that we think are going to go decently high in your draft that are not going to pan out. I'll start off, guys, with my first one. And I know it's a guy that's going really high, and that's Todd Gurley. It has nothing to do with his skill. Todd Gurley's an amazing running back. He's got youth on his side. It has everything to do with his team. It's a weaker offensive line than what he had last year. He's the only legitimate weapons on that Rams offense. Every team knows that all they have to do is stack the box and they stop the Rams' offense. In order for that to stop, Jared Goff's going to have to start beating teams over the top. For Todd Gurley to go really high in your draft, you have to have faith that Jared Goff's going to be able to beat teams over the top, and I just don't think he will. You know, Look at the last eight games of Todd Gurley's season last year. He only had one 100-yard game, and his average went significantly down from what he started with. I think you're going to see more of that. That's why I'm weary of him. If he drops in that second round even, you know, he's definitely worth the pickup. But in the first round, I say steer clear of him.
2: It all goes back. I'm going to say this probably ten times before we get done. It's all about value. There's no way Todd Gurley makes it to the second round in any league. I hear what you're saying. My one argument to that would be I don't think Jared Goff starts right away. Not to say that Case Keenum is going to blow anybody away, but he, he can get the ball out of there. He's a exceptional talent, and I think that alone will definitely land him in the first round. And if it's me drafting, I would probably take him if, let's just say he fell to me at, well, first of all, down my list, he is my third highest running back. I would probably take him at six or seven, to be completely honest with you.
1: My main counter-argument to you know Ryan Downing, the
2: uh, keeper in our Dynasty
1: League, because uh, he is my keeper in there. You know, so that's, that's Ryan's first shot across the bowels in the, the Fantasy League there. My, my main argument would be his coach. We, we've seen what Jeff Fisher will do with a running back and not a whole lot else. I think that he gets the rock a whole bunch, and they start finding him ways. He doesn't have to just run the ball. He can catch the ball a little bit. And like Matt said, Kingdom can put the ball up enough To at least burn people once in a while. And that's all you've really got to do to pull that extra safety out of the box. I completely see Ryan's point. See Ryan's point? He could be a bust. I don't think he's a bust. I think he's going to perform all right. I personally need him to perform all right. So that's my main argument.
2: (laughs) Let me just start by saying I didn't quite make a a bust-and-sleeper list, but I I will say I made a list of guys that I just want to stay away from in general, meaning they're going to be top-projected guys that I don't want on my team. The first guy that comes to mind is Devontae Freeman. I think that you know the fact that Coleman was initially supposed to be the guy last year before he got hurt, I really think that's going to hurt Freeman's stock as far as number of carries and, and touches that he actually gets. Freeman blew it up last season and, and pretty much came up out of nowhere. I mean, he was decent at Florida State, but man, he he definitely shocked me with what he was able to do. I'm not saying he won't put up numbers because he will, but I think Coleman will definitely tear into him, and I think he's going to be drafted way higher than I'd be willing to take him. Again, value is everything. You'll hear it again and again. If he fell to me later on and, and he was the, the best available, I would take him, but I'm Almost 100% sure somebody's going to scoop him up before he should go off the board.
1: That's exactly right, Matt. It,
2: Coleman's going to steal enough
1: carries that this is going to become a split backfield, and it's the same problem that we were talking about earlier. You can't draft a running back very high if you know he's not going to get 80% of the carries. They're, they're, those guys are there are few and far between. You're not going to see a lot of them. So Freeman, he has a drop. I have him on my list, too. He's someone who, based on the first half of last season, gets drafted the first round and a half. Probably should be second round, uh, bottom half of the second round, down to the top of the third.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree with you guys. Also a guy that was on my list, and I think Coleman's going to take a lot of his carries, just like you guys said. If you really take out that four-game stretch that he had last year, four incredible games and outside of that he was average and there's already been reports out of Atlanta that they want Freeman to have a lighter workload so he's fresher as the season wears on
1: so I have the same kind of thing going on I don't have a first bus second bus third bus guy I don't think any of us really do we just have a list of guys that we're leery of me I put Eddie Lacey on there uh, we're hearing all this nonsense that he's in the best shape of his life. He's ready to take the world by storm. Well, you hear that about every back every year. You know, One year they beef up, they're more powerful. Next year they lean down, so they're a little more quicker, a little more explosive. He's not living up to the promise he had when he came into the league. And James Starks put him on the bench last year. That really should be all you need to know about the effort he personally was putting out. And effort's what makes a top-end running back. If he's not going to be that high-motor guy, you can't draft him in the first round and a half, two rounds. And at that point, he's a bust for me. He, he's going to get drafted first couple rounds, and he's going to give you fourth to six-round production. And James Starks is going to somehow get back on the field and steal some more carries from him.
2: His average draft position is right at 25. I would take him there, man. I, I'm not as confident as... I remember what he did two years ago, and I think that's why I like him more than you. I know last year I, I didn't own him last year, which is probably <laughs> a big part of it also. But he's fallen right after Mark Ingram and right before Doug Martin. I do like him more than Doug Martin. Doug Martin's a guy I I'd, I'd like to stay away from this year. That's a whole another story. But I think you know if if he's not cheeseburger ready or feast mode, whatever you want to call him, if he comes in shape, he's a beast, man. He he I owned him two years ago, and I loved owning him. He basically if he can get back to that I wouldn't say that you're getting a steal at that price, but I think he he fits right around there and I don't think that's
0: it's somebody to shy away from. Yeah, I'm gonna have to disagree with you, Glenn. Uh I think Getty Lacey came back in, in great shape, looks phenomenal, has a good offensive line, and the big thing for me too is it's a contract year for him. You know, he's looking to make money and this is how you do it is you perform this year. Yeah, I, th- I think he does have a really good season. I actually think he's going to be worth a little bit higher than his draft pick. I think that he's going to be a guy that sees a lot, especially with how weak Green Bay's uh, schedule is this season. I think that they're going to have try to run out the clock uh, late in games a lot this year, so he's going to get extra carries that you know, he normally wouldn't have gotten because of how weak the schedule is. So I definitely think that he's a guy that I think might be worth more than his average draft position.
2: I agree, man. I think Green Bay's offense will be back to business as usual with Jordy Nelson back because I think Starks will probably see the field a little bit. But like like Glenn had already said, there's not a team in the league other than maybe Minnesota that really runs one running back. I think when Jordy and Randall Cobb can spread out the field, Lacy's going to step right in and, and do what he used to do. And coverage of the passing game will definitely help him out. I just
1: – the leagues that I've been watching do their drafts, he's not drafted you know, top of the third round. He's drafted bottom of the first, middle of the second. And I think at that point you're making a mistake. I'm perfectly willing to be wrong. You know, That's the beautiful thing about fantasy drafts. We don't all have to agree – we're going to draft a guy where we want to have him.
0: Yeah, I'll agree with that. For me, I think he's a early third-round, late second-round kind of a guy, uh, depending on league size and stuff. If, if he's going early in your second round, then I would shy away from him then. Uh, so I'll agree with you there, Glenn. The next guy I have on my list is a guy that was quickly mentioned by Matt, and that's Doug Martin. I think his fantasy value drops. Matt was just talking about him. His average draft position right below Eddie Lacy. This is a guy that has a really good backup as well and Charles Sims. Charles Sims catches the ball better. So, you know, he's stealing a lot of those passing down kind of plays from Doug Martin. Another thing, Jameis Winston starting to become his own, getting into his second year is going to be passing the ball more often. That's gonna steal away from Doug Martin's, you know, his carries. Just don't think you're gonna see him be able to match a production last year for sure. And Doug Martin does have this weird thing where he's, like, good one year, terrible the next, good one year, terrible the next. So we'll see if that continues. And he had a good year last year, so I guess this should be an off year.
1: My problem with Doug Martin is he got paid. That's a terrible, terrible thing for these running backs who run really hard all game long is they get paid and then they rest in their laurels. He he did it with that one great season he had. Then his next couple years were pretty awful. Charles Sims came in. He's got a contract coming up. He blew up. This year, I think he takes takes a seat back. Sims gets in there a little bit more. Like Ryan said, there's not going to be as many carries out there because they're going to try to let Winston get some more throws. But my biggest red flag on Doug Martin is that he got paid.
2: You guys remember not too long ago, there was a few uh, Titans fans calling for Doug Martin to be a Titan. Every year. <laughs> I'm going to switch it up a little bit and go with, again, it's not a conventional bust, but I'll say a high-risk, high-reward. The biggest name that stands out to me, aside from these guys that are on suspension, because that's a whole nother subject. But uh, as far as injury concerned, I think Des Bryant is probably. No. <laughs> I think Des Bryant is my biggest concern. I think he's got the most talent out of anybody on this list I do think he's back and and I'd like to see it but I know last year I gambled on him and I got burned that's that's the whole point high risk high reward if you can if you can snatch him up at a decent price I definitely recommend it uh, he is a monster when he's healthy uh, obviously he needs Tony Romo to be healthy also I think they're both there and I expect him to have a huge bounce back season my no there was that I have Des Bright on my list as
1: well a little bit different reason. He didn't burn me last year because he burned me the year before or the two years before or something like that. The problem with Dez is he had two foot surgeries. We know what happens to guys once they start having foot surgeries. And Ramos questionable health, is he really coming back? Jason Witten's no longer that scary tight end. They do have a good rookie for a running back, so maybe it helps out a little bit. But I have Dez on my list for the same reasons. I, I think there's a good chance that he, he goes really high in the draft and then your your performance levels more of a third round fourth round wide receiver because of injuries. Tony Romo gets hurt again there's there's just there's too many questions in there for me to take him that high and base my team
0: on him. I have him on my list too, guys, and it's not just his health. He played nine games last season, obviously, a big worry is his own health, but then you have Tony Romo. Only played four games last season, and obviously we saw how far Des Bryant's production drops when Tony Romo's not on the field. They didn't secure a backup that's good enough that it makes you feel comfortable if Tony Romo does go down. So now you're you're not just worrying about one guy's health with Des Bryant. You have to worry about two guys here in order for him to be productive and really for it to make sense to take him as high as it's going to go, you have to be convinced that he and Tony Romo are going to be healthy next year.
1: And that's what makes us a great group. We all put a guy on the list that we thought no one else would agree with, and we were all right. <laughs> Everybody agrees.
0: <laughs> Last guy I have on my list, guys, is another guy that kind of falls in that Dez Bryant kind of arena where he's really talented, but around him is what you worry about. Uh, more of Todd Gurley guy, actually, because it's it's the team around him that makes me worry, and that's Demarius Thomas, and I see him going early and people getting high on him because, you know, all the talents there, they still don't know who the quarterback's going to be, you know, right now it's a two-man race, really, between uh, Trevor Simeon and Mark Sanchez, and Simeon seems to be winning, you know, this race, and don't forget that only a a few years ago, Simeon was the 11th-ranked quarterback in the Big 12. Kind of tells you something. He's not going to have a good quarterback there. The run game, you know, hopefully improved, but was stagnant all last season. I just I don't think it's going to be an overly impressive year for Demarius Thomas. I just can't see him... Performing as well as and as high as he's being drafted in some of these mock drafts, he's a first round pick, and I just can't see him being there. It you know, he's got he's going to be playing with the type of quarterback talent that he's going to be playing with.
2: You have valid points on everything you said on this. My stay away from players list, I got Demarius Thomas, and right underneath him, I got CJ Anderson. So, I mean, I'm not on board with these guys pretty much for the same reason, but I, I do believe that. I wouldn't call him a bust. I would just say that he's still going to get volume. But like you said, there's nobody throwing him the ball. But you look at last year, he still was fairly productive with lame duck Peyton Manning throwing him balls. He's not somebody I'm targeting by any means, but I still think the volume between him and Sanders, somebody's got you know, to do something. I, I'd stay away from him, but again, if, if the value's there, I wouldn't shy away from him. You take that lame duck comment back about Peyton Manning, someone will be
1: at your house tomorrow beating your ass
2: whoa <laughs>
1: <laughs> no seriously he's actually i can't consider him a bust because i don't even have him on my draft list same reasons ryan said i don't know who his quarterback's going to be at best it's matt sanchez butt fumble his name's mark but we'll go with i know what his name is i said his whole name wrong on purpose <laughs> i could just call him butt fumble how about that <laughs> I, I have no faith in him and you already named his backup how is this guy the other guy involved it's There's no quarterback on a team that won the Super Bowl last year. And a lot of it has to do with Osweiler not wanting to stand in Peyton Manning's shadow. He burned the team badly. And I don't care because I don't like the Broncos. They don't matter to me. I have friends who are Broncos fans. More power to them. They can watch their team die this year. I can't draft them. Um, I don't know who's going to be throwing the ball. Sure, if he's there third, fourth round, I'll take him. But he can't be a bust to me because I have – No faith in them to start with because I don't trust anybody on that offensive unit. Glenn. What? Eat a Snickers. Eat a Snickers. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I bet you when I'm hungry. You're not wrong about that. I do. I do get hangry. (laughs) Uh, The last guy I've got on here since I didn't have Demary's on here is going to be Jeremy Langford, Chicago. He's replacing Matt Forte. A lot of people are thinking he is Matt Forte 2.0. I don't see it happening for him. It's not that he's not a good player. He'll catch the ball out of the backfield, but if you draft him like he's Matt Forte, you're going to get burned because I don't see him doing that the whole season. He's going to be a guy who drops back into the splitting carries with the rest of his backfield.
2: Yeah, they got at least a three-headed monster in Chicago. I've never seen more hate for a running back through so-called experts. I mean, with Matthew Barry or Mike Cleggs, they hate this guy, and for no good reason. I mean, for the games he played, he didn't do that that poorly. He played decent, but I mean, I, he's not even on my radar to say he'll be a bust or a sleeper. Nobody knows who's coming out of that backfield. He's he's got the lead, but I wouldn't even. I'd stay away from everybody in Chicago except for Alshon Jeffrey. And oh uh, well, I take that back. My
0: deeper, deeper, deeper sleeper, Kevin White.
2: Yeah, there you go. I agree with you on that one.
0: I agree with everything you guys said here. I like Kevin White, and I think you stay away from Langford. I think that it is going to be more of a committee kind of a thing there. You know, he averaged something like 3.7 yards last year. It wasn't impressive. So I agree with with what you guys said there. But now we're going to move on to the next step here. We talked about busts. Now we're going to talk about guys that we think are sleepers, some guys that you can pick up a little bit later in the draft that can do you a lot of good and – you know, this is where these sleepers are where you win championships. I think we all know that. Let's start off with my first guy, Marvin Jones. You know, he goes to Detroit, and you you have him on one side, Golden Tate on the other. I don't think Golden Tate's going to take all of the reps. So I think that you're going to see both guys get tons of catches this year, I think, as much as they throw the ball. But I think Marvin Jones is going to be right behind Tate in catches and and he's a guy that can put up a lot of production for you. And it has been going really, really late in drafts. Uh, I did a mock draft yesterday where he didn't go into the 14th round. So, you know, definitely a guy that can add a lot of value to your team.
1: I don't know that he's a sleeper for me. Ivan was a wide receiver, too. He's in a position where he's going to be starting. He's playing in a high-powered offense, at least as far as fantasy-wise goes. I don't know that I can call him a sleeper. I I agree with you. He's going to have a good season. I just don't know that he's a sleeper for me.
2: I personally am shying away from all Detroit receivers. I know you guys love Golden Tate. I think bringing in Anquan Bolden is not really going to make a huge impact himself as as Anquan Bolden, but I believe that he takes away from Marvin Jones and Golden Tate. And, I mean, you know, again, values there take them, but I'm not targeting any Lions receiver. Okay, I have a sleeper here, Marcus Mariota.
1: our man. There's that chance, like we said earlier, he could actually end up performing like a top-ten quarterback this year if the offense gets rolling we start throwing the ball a whole bunch and the defense locks down. He's a sleeper because you're picking him later and hoping that something happens on his high end. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying pick him early. I'm just saying if you pick him late, don't feel bad
2: about it. Uh, One of the main guys that I know – most people think he's probably washed up or whatever. I believe he does have one, at least one more good season. I think Matt Forte shows up for one more go-around, and I think he can he can go with Fitzpatrick, with, with Brandon Marshall, and Eric Decker. I think Eric Decker is also a nice sleeper. He produces steady every season and uh, definitely a, a wide receiver three to target. Uh, another
1: guy I have as a sleeper out there, Paul Perkins. I don't expect Jennings to be the starter through the whole season. I think he's a, a rookie that you could take probably end up paying out pretty well
0: for you by the time you get around to the playoffs at the end of the year. I don't think that's a bad pick at all, Glenn. I have a, a Titan as well on my list, and it's a guy that I think is not really a heavy sleeper by no means, but a guy that I think is going to outplay his value for sure, and that's DeMarco Murray for me. I think you're going to see him with the, with the volume of carries that he's going to be getting and the system that we want to run. I think he's going to be a very high-end running back two and maybe even a low-end running back one. See him going as late as some of these RB3s. I think that's a guy that could definitely make a difference on your team.
2: Yeah, I'm there with you. Real quick, I know we are running out of time, but just to name a couple of receivers that I do think even deeper sleepers that that are, are definitely going to be undervalued. Randall Cobb, I think he's going later than he needs to be. Uh, with Jordy Nelson back, I think they both have great seasons. Michael Floyd's a huge sleeper in my mind. I think he's going to be the guy in Arizona this year. Uh, we've already said Kevin White. Travis Benjamin is also big he's going he went to San Diego I think he's going to have a big year and one guy that will not get drafted and I'll be done after this but Chris Thompson the Washington Redskins running back core is is up in the air I think Matt Jones is is the guy to beat as at this point but Chris Thompson is going to see all the passes in the backfield and I don't think anybody has him on their radar
1: I actually have Chris Thompson as one of my sleepers as well. Same reasons. I, I see him being the main guy because I don't think that they can hold him off and keep him off the field. The only other guy I would add to this is uh, Sterling Shepard, my man Shep from OU. I think he's in the perfect spot. He's going to be opposite of Odell Beckham. He's going to be having Eli Manning throwing the ball. I don't like Eli that much, but he can hit an open receiver. That's one thing Shepard can do is get open and make catches. I think he has a really good season. He's He's kind of sleeping on people right now.
2: He made my list.
0: I got two guys that here real quick. This is a wide receiver you can get as late as the 11th and 12th round that I've seen him go. This is Willie Snead? You know he's going to be probably the number one wide receiver for Drew Brees this year, who always puts up big numbers. Definitely a guy that I think is going way too late. And another one that's a deeper sleeper probably won't get drafted. Wendell Smallwood will be the backup running back for the Eagles. Matthews in front of him always gets injured. It hasn't been very productive. I think you're going to see Smallwood start stealing carries, and if Matthews goes down, obviously going to be the starter for that team. That's all, well, guys. But now the next part here, guys. We all did our top 10 list, the top 10 players overall. Take you through here and tell you who we have at each position. Starting off with number one, I have Antonio Brown here, and I know it's not much change here for you guys, correct? Correct. Yeah, buddy. good
1: enthusiasm there
0: (laughs) (laughs) next here in the number two spot I have Julio Jones as my number two guy and we have it as a half PPR here so it gives you a good look at in between kind of but at Julio Jones you put up big numbers in Atlanta who do you guys have as your number two
1: I have Odell Beckham. I have Julio Jones down at four just because I don't think we're going to see as much explosion out of that Falcons offense this year. I also have a buddy who's a diehard Falcons fan, so I always downgrade his
2: guys a little bit. Keep that to yourself.
0: I also have Julio Jones at two. Smart man, Matt. Next one here, I have Odell Beckham Jr. at three here. I think that he's going to put up you know some pretty stellar numbers there.
1: Like I said, I have Odell Beckham at two. So I I have Adrian at three. He's my top rated running back. It just, it never seems to stop with this man. He keeps scoring touchdowns and trucking over people. I just, I love to watch him play.
2: He is pretty good. I also have him at number three and following up. at number four, I have Odell Beckham Jr.
0: Speaking of Adrian Peterson next on my list here at number four, he's getting up there in age, but he just seems like one of these guys that age is just a number. You know, it, an ageless wonder if you will i think he's gonna have a great season
1: so at number five i've got david johnson the arizona running back who just kind of came on last year when uh, the rest of that arizona running back group started to fall apart and he and chris johnson were out there doing their thing and i thought he looked really good you know even with chris johnson right behind him i, th- I think he gets the majority of the carries and has a really solid season
2: keep your eyes on your own paper glenn i got david johnson at five as well
0: We keep talking about how we pick a like here because I have David Johnson at 5, and what's going to blow your mind here is, I know I got to look at your guys' list, is I have DeAndre Hopkins coming in at 6.
2: As do I. As do I.
0: The back end of our list, I promise, has some diversity here. Number 7, I have Lamar Miller, a guy that I'm very high on. I think Houston's going to be able to use him a lot more than he was used in Miami, and I think he's ready for that kind of production
1: is on my list, but I have him down at 9 because I still see the Texans throwing the ball a lot. I have A.J. Green actually sitting up there at number 7. It's probably a little higher than you guys. I think he gets a lot of looks this year because he lost Sunu. He lost Jones. He's going to be that featured guy. So the backup guys, the 2 and 3 on the Bengals, they're going to get their catches. But you're going to see a lot of balls go A.J. Green's way this year because the quarterback doesn't trust the other guys yet.
2: It's not a bad pick. I I don't even have A.J. Green in my top ten, but he's right outside of it. Heresy. Well, you know, whatever. (laughs) I got Todd Gurley at number seven. He's my third overall running back, and if we were going overall, I got four receivers, and he's the third running back off the board, number seven.
0: Number eight coming here is a guy that Glenn just mentioned to you guys is A.J. Green. You know, Obviously needs to be in the top ten. I don't know what Matt's smoking.
1: Marijuana. Bergewana, the sticky icky. I've got Todd Gurley there at eight for mine uh, just because he is the only thing going in L.A. So I pushed him down below A.J. Green. He's still third running back for me, too.
2: Well, after I tell you this next one at number eight, I can tell you that I will pass a drug test if given one. I chose Ezekiel Elliott. There's a lot of hype around this guy. He hasn't played it down yet, obviously. Everybody knows that. But I believe he's going to have the workload, and he's talented enough to uh, be my fourth overall running back. He's
1: in the perfect spot. He almost made my list. The only reason he's not there is because I have a provisional on my tenth spot.
0: Yeah, I have him right here. Number nine, the next one on our list here is who I have there is Ezekiel Elliott. I agree with you, Matt. I think that he's going to put up big numbers. I normally shy away from rookie running backs, but this is one case I will not, and it has a lot to do with his offensive line.
1: Yeah, the offensive line, the system he's going into, it's the same system that made DeMarco Murray look so great. He's going to have a great year. I don't—I couldn't put him in my top ten. The only reason I didn't put him in there is because at 9, I've got Lamar Miller, who Ryan's already mentioned. And then at 10, I've got Le'Veon Bell with the caveat that he gets his suspension knocked down the two games or gets rid of it. If he doesn't, then
2: that's where Ezekiel Elliott is for me. Yeah, Bell would be my number one running back if there was no suspension. My number nine is Lamar Miller. I think Coach O'Brien's gonna use the hell out of him as much as I hate to see that. I think he's gonna have a great year this year. And rounding out my top ten is the return of Jordy Nelson. I could've do it with Nelson.
1: He's already, you know, a little gimpy. and Guys don't come back from that injury very often. It, you have a lot fewer examples of guys making it than guys that struggled the whole next year and then came back the year after that.
2: Can I say, though, that did not make this list, and I made this you know a few days ago, Brandon Marshall, I think, is going to have an awesome year, and I might even put him ahead of A.J. Green. I think Brandon Marshall has a great year.
1: I
0: don't think he has as great a year as he did last year. Yeah, I think I agree with Glenn there. And my 10th spot, uh, throwing it out there... There's Rob Gronkowski. Even with Brady out, you know, I think teams are going to look at what the Broncos were able to do to this team and how to play Julian Edelman. So I don't think he's going to have as great as a year. And, you know, I still think a lot of targets go to Gronk. And he's so far ahead of the next tight end that he just has to be on this list for me.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's I, I don't like putting tight ends in the top ten and something like this. He's the only guy that you have that conversation with but without Brady for four games. Who knows what Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get for us. Maybe all he does is throw the ball to Grunk because he's the only guy he trusts. There's just there's no telling yet.
0: That's all we have for this show, guys. Be sure to check out our NFL Pick'em if you want to join in on it. And check out our site at com. A lot of cool stuff to be coming on there. That's where all of our episodes will be. So make sure you make the switch from Stitcher and podcast so you can keep with the show thanks so much for listening thanks to my awesome hosts on here Matt and Glenn
2: obviously we'll talk a little bit more fantasy football throughout the season yeah man if you guys want to check out our list we can also put that on that Podbean site we have options now
0: Podbean absolutely this list that we'll put out some lists our overall list that we came up with together and our top 10 will be on Podbean as soon as you're listening to this so if you want to check it out it'll be up there Thanks for listening to the Two-Tone Uncensored Podcast. You can listen to the show at twotone.podcast.co or by downloading the Stitcher app on your mobile device. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at Two-Tone Uncensored and like it on Facebook.